Hey, Armstrong and Getty here, and the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation, good or bad or mediocre, will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore because, as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493, 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use or go to JoeGettysRealtor.com. That's JoeGettysRealtor.com. President Trump this afternoon addressed the North Korean missile program and said if they continue to threaten the United States, quote, they will be met with a fire and fury like the world has never seen. Yeah, that ought to cool things down. <laughs> God forbid Trump's ever put in charge of a hostage situation. Kill a hostage, you don't have the balls. <laughs> Plus, if you do, I'll kill everyone outside the bank. Well, that's one view of it. That much, you know, a lot of people have it. I just sure, saw you can capitulate. Hello, am I on? Yeah, I am. Sorry, I'm, I've been struck deaf. Uh, my headphones didn't work briefly. Um, you can't capitulate and apologize your way out of uh, a situation like this, Jimmy Fallon. Do you have to say that? Well, it's Seth Myers, but do you have to say that? Jimmy I, Fallon. Do you have to doing s- his his dead on <laughs> Seth Myers imitation? Do you have to say it out loud? Sometimes, yes. Why in this case? If you step inside this door, I will shoot you. That is the best way to avoid no, 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 having no, that's to shoot I mean. someone. That's not what I mean. Okay. Back channel somehow, you said. When uh, after 9-11, we send Richard Armitage over to Pakistan, meet with the Pakistani. Was it Musharraf still in charge of time? Whatever. Meet with the leaders of Pakistan and actually, actually used the phrase, we'll bomb you back to the Stone Age. Yes. If you're not on board with us going after the Taliban. President Bush didn't go out and say it on a microphone. We sent somebody over and told them that. Difference in style. I'm not saying that it's... I'm not arguing that what Trump said was wrong. I just wondered, did it need to be said out loud? Did that even need to be said? I don't know. I'll hit you with some texts. We got a guest from the uh, Washington Post coming up. Well, no, clearly it didn't need to be. There are different ways to attack it. Well, I saw I saw a roundtable discussion, a, a serious one with military people and uh, military journalists and whatever, and they all agreed this is the greatest crisis, military crisis in the United States since the Cuban Missile Crisis 56 mm. years ago. That's a pretty big deal. Sure. Um, so if it is the greatest crisis in 56 years, to say the sort of thing that hasn't been said in a half a century would be fitting, right? I mean, it's not... If it's an outlier of a crisis, you should have an out. It's not uh, crazy to have an outlier of a response, like what he said. You're right. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. History will tell. Yeah. I don't think it's automatically a bad thing to say if you step inside the store, I will shoot you. Out loud, for everybody to hear, for China. To, well, you could inform China through back channels too, but we're quibbling. Would it bother you? Well, we'll talk to our guest about this. I don't want to use up all our guest information. So we were arguing about, I said, I thought, when I heard Trump said it, I thought he meant threaten. They've been threatening us. We're going to turn you into, what is their latest one? Lake of Fire. 
Uh, enveloping lake. That's what the threat was yesterday for Guam. They're going to drown us? North Korea said they would turn um, uh, Guam into an enveloping lake of fire. Oh, and that uh, would suck. So when I heard Trump say any more threats and we released the FF and uh, P, yeah. fire, fury, and power, right. um, uh, I thought he meant threats, like threats. Yeah, yeah that, that's that what I could that's have the probably way I could have rephrased it. that. That's the way I took it, and then I thought, okay, they just threatened, so are we, are we going to the, the launch now, or what? Here we or, go. Did you just draw a red line, and now you're backing off, or what? That's you, why I keep it so cold in here, to prepare for the nuclear winter. You're saying threat meant actually do something, so we got uh, two textures. He said threaten again, so threaten in a way they have before, so of course he meant verbally. Well parsed, my friend. Uh, yeah, th- and that but is... somebody else said it's a threat from North Korea, not an attack. S- d- d- some people agreed with you. Some people agreed with me that the threat meant you shouldn't have to wonder, though. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you this. The more I think about it, the more I think it was off the cuff. And it was the usual fractured syntax of the Donald. Yeah, it's right. He does say... There's no way H.R. McMaster looked at that text and said, looks good, Mr. President, go with it. No, there's no way you'd want to say, if you threaten us again, we will unleash, because that does imply you're talking about the verbal threats. Right. That's why I took it that way. Obviously, it makes sense. Well, Fathead had to be thinking, I threaten you like four times a day. Yeah. I'm about to in like 10 minutes. Yeah. Does he mean... eh?" And obviously, they decided to find out... Because they issued the old uh, ELF uh, threat, uh, the enveloping lake of fire. One texter said, he all, Trump also said, best not, which is an interesting phrase. I agree. Uh, that phrase needs to be used more. I like it. I like that. It's classy. Not. You it's, best not. It's kind of Eastern uh, boarding schoolish. Trump is escalating things. I'm Would not, that it were. I'm not generally an alarmist or an anti-Trump person, but I believe Trump is escalating things with that uh, sort of talk. Um, so here's uh, yeah. what, here's uh, what to I me heard. to me he's not escalating he's he's making it clear well how do you escalate we have nuclear warheads and we're gonna drop them on you how do you escalate that you assume they don't mean it I guess wow. and then you're escalating it and they might think you do mean it um, so here's here's the scenario that I saw one military guy lay out last night that I thought was true the scary part of this is is not necessarily a decision made by donald trump or a little fathead it's if we misinterpret a fishing boat for something dangerous and fire on it and then they think oh my god they're attacking or a good example i thought this was an interesting one say they have a power outage over part of north korea and they can't explain what happened I mean, they, they don't know why. And then they're they're in this the state of alert because of the president saying we're going to launch this attack on you. Power goes out in a, in a big chunk of North Korea. We can't figure out why. This is part of the attack. We got to go now. Mm. That sort of thing. That would be bad. Misinterpreting various signs that could cause it to explode outside of Trump or a little fathead, you know, making a decision. Well, I would suggest that between uh, the president making that statement and the moment that we're in right now, there has been an enormous amount of diplomacy uh, through China. Um, the, 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 the diplomats and the Chinese did not go to sleep dreaming sweet dreams of eclipses last night and, and w- wake up to listen to the Armstrong and Getty show. They've been working on this, you know, all day over there. So I just... I have a feeling we're not quite at that hair trigger point. California's Dianne California's Dianne Feinstein, chair of the Foreign Relations Committee, said President Trump is not helping the situation with his bombastic comments. No, I don't know. Remember the main, Diane, and you do. Wow. All right. Wow, an ageist shot. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. 
Uh, I had one more thought on this. That this is ugly and overly w- aggressive. Enveloping oh, lake of fire, fire, fury, and power. Walk softly, carry a big stick. Guam. West Coast. Be- best not. Best not. Best, oh. best not to go to break without sharing your thoughts. This is what I want to ask our guest about coming up from the Washington Post, because we're going to talk about is I think it's a fairly big deal as to whether or not this was run by the generals or not. I don't think that I don't think the commander in chief ought to be making this kind of a threat. Unleashing unleashing nuclear power. I assume he means nukes, doesn't he? Fire and fury power. That sounds like nukes to me. Unleashing nuclear power for the first time in since 1945. Without talking to the generals about it at all? I'm sorry, ring of fire, Michael, really. I I can't even pay attention. That's what we got to threaten him with, a burning ring of fire. (laughs) Right around Pyongyang. How would you like that, huh? Not much. We'll talk to a Washington Post reporter coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. the greatest song ever written about utility workers, arguably. Uh, Glenn Campbell died yesterday, and I love this song. Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, um, great dude, too, according to all accounts. So, uh, Rex Tillerson said just a little bit ago about the fire, fury, and frankly power statement from the president yesterday. Mm-hmm. What the president is doing is sending a strong message to North Korea in language that Kim Jong-un would understand because he doesn't seem to understand diplomatic language. Right. And we have failed since Marshall Phillips, our newsman, has abandoned us during this time of crisis. Uh, We have failed to point out what got this all going yesterday was a Washington Post report that an intelligence agency says, hey, they got they got the the nuke small enough to fit in a bomb. That's what started all this yesterday. We didn't even mention that. Uh, That's a good point. Yeah, that has uh, up the ante. John Wagner of The Washington Post. He's a White House reporter, joins us now. John, welcome. How are you, sir? Uh, doing relatively well. How about you guys? Uh, we're we're good. We're we're certainly engaged in this uh, because you know there are certainly plenty of grounds for disagreement about what the president said or how real the threat is or what right. China's going to do. But there is no doubt this is a new level of tension. Uh, th- that's right. And uh, you know, my colleague's story really illustrated how we've reached a, a turning point in uh, in this crisis. Uh, it's, it's a point you know where most people thought we were going to get, but uh, it appears to have arrived much sooner than a lot of people thought, uh, which does make this uh, a lot more real and not just bluster and rhetoric. Hey, we, can't, I, we can't even figure out what the president meant, I guess. I, I, I just assumed the president meant threat, as in another one of those verbal tirades from the North Koreans, another one of those, and we're going to unleash fire and fury. Joe thought it meant Clearly, you actually do something. You actually, you know, launch a missile or something. What? Did, which was the president talking about as far as a threat? Yeah, my guess is it was uh, somewhat deliberately vague to to give him some room to maneuver. Uh, but we, we didn't get any uh, clarification on exactly, you know, what, what line would need to be crossed. Well, apparently it's been clarified in the last 24 hours because shortly thereafter, North Korea threatened Guam with an enveloping fire and we haven't done anything, so. Well, and we haven't seen the enveloping fire yet either. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the president was back on uh, Twitter this morning, you know, talking about the strength of the, the country's nuclear arsenal, saying it's now far stronger and more powerful than ever before. 
so he's still trying to flex his muscle, and then we'll, we'll see where this heads. You know, I'm not the head of an intelligence agency, and I already knew we had plenty of nuclear firepower to take care of North Korea, so I'm not sure that was necessary. But, John, you can't uh, discuss North Korea without uh, talking about China. What are you hearing about their diplomatic efforts? I assume they're busy. Well, they are, and it's been interesting to watch. Uh, Trump has kind of been uh, you know, back and forth on, on the extent to which he thinks he can uh, get them engaged and fully play along. Uh, if you recall, several months ago, uh, the, the leader of China came to Mar-a-Lago and after, you know, had cake with Donald Trump and everything was thought to be on a good course. Trump you know, made a big deal of how he thought they were going to be, uh, you know, working arm in arm uh, to contain North Korea. There had been a falling out a little bit since. Trump was somewhat critical of continued trade with China. And now with the U.N. Security Council resolution over the weekend that was unanimous in imposing new sanctions, uh, including with the support of China and Russia, uh, Trump has been kind of back praising China's involvement on this. Well, one of your colleagues there at The Washington Post, David Ignatius, said the, the message, the fire, fury, power message from Trump was as much for China as anybody to let them know, hey, we're serious. We're going to do this. Is this what you want in your backyard? Yeah, I, I think there is a, a lot of logic to that, that uh, – you know, Trump is, is is trying to make known to the world that doesn't really know him that well that, uh, you know, not you know, I guess the message is don't mess with me. Do we have any idea whether or not this statement from the president, which is a hell of a statement, I mean, it's an all-timer in world history, really. Um, do we have any idea if this was thought out, run by anyone, or did this come off the top of his head? Uh, the indications we've gotten is that it wasn't run by uh, you know, a lot of the military folks in the administration you might think to run it by, but uh, it, it seemed to be thought out to some degree. I mean, he used the same words uh, repeatedly. So uh, I think at least in his mind, he had some idea of what he was going to say, and it certainly wasn't a surprise that he was going to get a question like this in, in the setting that he uh, got it. Right, yeah, and, that, and that's a good point. And, you know, honestly, the rest of the world is used to the fractured Trump syntax the way we are too. I you know that's we we tend to forget that that the uh, the international community is kind of tuned into the United States and what we're doing here. So they're they're used to it at this point to some extent. Aren't they getting used to Trump? Uh, I, I guess to the extent that that they they can, they are. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's still a little unclear. Oftentimes, you know, what he means and how serious he is with various threats and taunts on, on Twitter. And, and, you know, this is one of the instances where it's really getting real. So mm-hmm. I think this is a little different than some of what we've seen before. This is getting real. Are you planning to go see the eclipse? Uh, I, I had not gotten that far in my planning, but, but mm-hmm. thank you for the suggestion. I just made my plans yesterday. Me and my oldest, my seven-year-old, we're going to go see it. I think it'll be a moment to remember. Leaving me here to monitor the world events. Nice. John Wagner, White House reporter for the Washington Post. John, we sure appreciate the time. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Serious man. There. Very, yes, he is. Serious. <laughs> serious. No time for our shenanigans. Serious man. Um, uh, I, I think you, you read him badly. I think we shouldn't have gone there. That was a mistake. The eclipse. That was a tactical error. <laughs> the eclipse was a bridge too far. Yes. Um, I like her hyperbole better than anyone who's ever lived. Mm. Um, but is it hyperbole to say that's one of the most amazing statements in world history, what Trump said yesterday? Yeah, we, we are a power that can devastate the world and has been serious with that power all along. Mm-hmm. Russia, North Korea, people, they, they say crap like that because and nobody takes them seriously.
But we said it. When we say that sort of thing, usually there's, there's, there's a chance it's going to happen. Uh, you know, I should have asked for this. And Vincent, I, I don't have, oh, there's the audio list. Do you have the Harry Truman thing from World War II? number of people are pointing out that uh, what Trump said is, is Harry remarkably... Harry S. is getting real Truman. That's right. Uh, a number of people are pointing out that uh, what Trump said is remarkably similar to what Harry S. Truman said, I believe, after the bombing of Nagasaki. So that would have been um, a couple of days before today. So Which we... was the bombing that actually ended it. Because um, we had a bombing. We dropped a bomb on the 6th on Hiroshima and then on right. the 9th, which today is the 9th. So right. Trump is thinking he used Harry Truman's words and he's going to drop a bomb on the 9th. What? No, I just I'm just pointing out that I'm the Alex whole Jones. fire and fury thing, right? They will be met with fire, fury and, and frankly power. And frankly power. Wow. And power. Interesting. So you do, but but you don't think it's an, um, an unbelievable statement out of the president of the United States? I think it's I think it's strong. Or do we have to run it through the whole uh, grading on the Trump curve because it's Trump? Because if George Bush said that, if Barack Obama said that, if any other U.S. president said that, you'd think, holy crap. Well, with Trump, you have to think, does he mean it or not? I don't know. See, I don't know. I think there are probably hundreds of those types of threats, but nothing ever came to fruition, so you don't remember them. I mean, from U.S. presidents, not so much. But we got a, 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 a you power can, threatening to nuke us. If you can, and he said, we got the F and the F for you. If you can dig up anything close to that from a U.S. president, I would like to hear it. That's well, a, Lincoln burned the South. That'd be a heck of a thing for me to forget. Okay, so you yeah. had to go back 150-some years to come I up with I didn't one. have to go back 150 years. I chose to go back 150 years. In terms of, what's your point? It was a big, it was crazy. It was big and crazy. That's, I'm focused on Does he the mean end it? game. Does he mean it or I'm not? I'm not getting distracted by okay, here's the, I, I the got, shiny lights. I just remembered my the point. shiny objects. <laughs> I just remembered my point. Yeah, finally. <laughs> to, to make one of the most extraordinary, I'm saying among the most extraordinary statements ever made by a powerful person, yes. um, to do that on your completely on your own <laughs> and not run it by anybody else is yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an off-the-cuff president. God dang it. I mean, I'm I'm a little uh, seat of the pantsy in my life, but geez, something that huge, I'd run it by somebody. McMaster, Kelly, talk to these guys. You're generals. What do you think? I was about saying this. And even if I, even if they said disagreed, maybe i go still do it, but I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in their input. All right, here's a question for you, because I'm, I'm finding it a little nitpicky, this discussion. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> Do you think he conveyed the meaning that, seriously, do not F with us? Do you think he conveyed the meaning that this has gone far enough and that any serious threat, I mean, not not verbal threat, but do you think he conveyed the meaning that we are not messing around? I think he probably did, but, and this is an important but. As important as Kim Kardashian's? Our... Uh, our Military analyst Mike Lyons says, we're not going to do that. It's not even on the table. Mm. So if he gets in a closed room and mm. McMaster and Kelly say, we can't do that, and here's why. But I, if they I, bombed Guam, we could. If they bombed Guam. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, so now you're getting back Guam to the... bombers. So now you're getting back to the, he meant if you actually attack us. I don't know well, what he meant. Well, who, He's Trump. Who doesn't think we'd unleash fire and fury if you attacked Guam or, or one of our military bases? Right. I think that's what he was trying to say. But as usual, it was difficult to figure out. I tell you what, though. Everybody ought to play golf and poker 
good enough to get a little little bit good at it. Playing golf, you learn about yourself, and you learn about fate and luck and dealing with bad bounces and bad lies. It, it makes you wiser. And you should play poker because it helps you understand other people and how people react to each other. And the one thing you must not do when you're playing poker is be predictable. That and show your cards. That what, would be incredibly stupid. What if you stupid. threaten something I know you can't do? Well, that would be absurd. Well, that, that might be what Trump did. He threatened something that North Korean knows that we can't do. Which is what? Attack, Attacking them? Attack them. Of course we can attack them. We're saying if and, it comes down to a situation where we have to attack you, we will attack you. Okay, well, we're getting back to that With all the attendant horrors. We're getting back to that again. He made it clear that is not off the table. I think he China. meant verbal threat, and you think he meant Well, that, it doesn't. Threat. it really doesn't matter what he meant. What he was saying is if it comes to the situation where we m- could attack you, we will attack you. That's all he was saying. We will attack you. Under what circumstances? That's a little murky. Apparently, And yeah. that's, that's useful. We got this uh, text. Hair trigger is a funny phrase with the two worst haircuts in the world. <laughs> you know, that's a really good point. Yeah. The two worst haircuts on planet Earth are, are on a hair trigger. So uh, coming up, a uh, reaction to the firing of the Google engineer from a variety of quarters. Uh, learned, reasonable, balanced, scholarly, etc. Also, a story that is getting zero attention for reasons that are uh, so obvious it it hurts. A mob of perhaps a hundred young black people went on a rampage attacking white people at the Wisconsin State Fair. I hadn't seen that in the news. Yeah, you have to look for it. And when you find it, they're working very hard to cleanse it of the racial component. But all of the witnesses are saying the same thing. Much like the Bay Area Rapid Transit decision to not share videos of mob attacks because they didn't want it to cause, well, racial assumptions. Listen, highly troubling. And I booked my Eclipse trip. I want to talk about that. It's quite the festival. Going off on a lark looking at the sun. Well, I think it's the end time, so... I got an Eclipse shelter. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, it's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Welcome to it. Glad you're here. Michael, a little warning that we're coming back. Be really handy. Yeah, we had an issue. Behind-the-scenes issue. That's I'm having can... an issue. Yeah. Now you've given me an issue. So you have an issue, and you give me an issue. And that works how? I mean, that's a good result how? Well, and normally we have Marshall come into the room, but he's out today, so everything's off. Now. Yes, he's getting aural surgery. Uh, you know what? I, I apologize. The whole uh, mobs attacking people at the Wisconsin State Fair, that's uh, from a couple, two, three years ago. I was uh, researching the story of the couple uh, fornicating at the Wisconsin State Fair in plain view of the food court, which is really not appetizing, and uh, and it linked to an undated story. Hmm. The fact that it's undated is very odd, but anyway, so oh, uh, that was old. We yeah. did the, we did the story at the time. I remember, and Joe, well, that's your right. Hot take was great. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> so did you mention Marshall has abandoned us in yes. our time in need? Okay. And um, wh- why are people, uh, why is it such a big deal that these people had sex at the state fair? I mean, you arrest them, you charge Plain them with Plain view. Oh, yeah, I well, mean, it's just, uncool. I want them arrested. It's incredibly give, uncool. Give it's disgusting. Stuff. But it's just because it's a, there's a sexy video out, right? That's why it's getting attention. Um, it's yeah, a, although I haven't seen the video. I, don't I know. haven't either. I don't want to. I do. Why do you want to see it? Because I want to see how egregious it was. I mean, would you have to, like, it would have to catch your eye because they were way back behind a couple of trailers or something? Mm. Or were they, like, you know, in the flagrante delicto right there on the picnic table, right in the middle of the food court in front of staring kids, open-mouthed kids? I want to know how crazy it was. I would say something if it was in front of my children at the state fair. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yes, what? Stop that. Stop what? Stop fornicating. Oh, oh. My children are here. I will. Honey, this guy wants us to stop fornicating. <laughs> he says there are children present. Yeah, yeah, there are. You're right. There are. Oh, oh sorry. We should have rethought this. You know, so sorry. My apologies, folks. We, uh, uh, as you are. We're oh. not drunk meth heads who have no self-control and are as likely to stab you as not for even interrupting them. Right. They're no, they're just normally... a nice married couple. We're actually, <laughs> we're actually trying to conceive, and I'm, I'm ovulating at the fair. Oh, oh, is this your first? Well, it will be. <laughs> Something well, about go ahead then. Giant butter sculptures put me in the mood. The, the, the drunk meth heads are usually operating the rides. That, right? That's true. Hell. It was probably Carney's anti-Carney rhetoric. There walked away from the zipper <clears> and got it on. Some stories, really, all you need is a headline. Here's one of them. Bear swipes car for joyride, then poops inside. <laughs> Does a bear poop in the car? Answers the age-old question. <clears throat> yeah. Help in Colorado. So, uh, listen, we, we talked a good deal about the uh, firing of the Google engineer who had written a 10-page screed suggesting that the Google diversity efforts were a one-sided, lockstep, social justice warrior, left-wing movement that was neglecting uh, some of the truths about men, women, tech, etc., and that numbers disparity did not necessarily indicate sexism. Uh, then he gave his theories backed up by various uh, studies and uh, opinions about the differences between the sexes, some of which I found to be solid, some of which I thought were probably not true, uh, but he was fired because the rigid, ideologically pure cowards at Google couldn't bear to hear a different ex- opinion expressed and echoed the incredibly sad, ridiculous, and pathetic uh, cry of the modern age that you are threatened. It makes you physically afraid to hear an opinion different from yours, which is just, it's an incredible level of cowardice. Boy, did we get a lot of great reaction. Um, I'm going to run through some of it, uh, you know, touch on some highlights. Uh, number one, uh, over at the uh, 4chan slash Paul politics uh, end of the Internet, they really are unhappy with Google, and they're encouraging people to run a couple of uh, browser plugins. One's Ad Nauseum. It's an ad blocker because Google makes all its money from clicks and ads and stuff like that, um, <clears throat> or a lot of it. Um, it's an ad blocker that also, not only do you not see the ads, but it silently clicks every ad on every page you visit. So it obscures data mining with a storm of data. Everything's clicked all the time. That's interesting. And there's another one, noisy, uh, spelled creatively. Um, uh, it 
creates meaningless web data digital noise. It visits and navigates around websites from within your browser, leaving misleading digital footprints around the Internet. Uh, long and short, um, it really, really screws with their, their money-making uh, model. Uh, anyway, I thought that was interesting. Um, here you have a number of female uh, business leaders, think tankers, uh, saying Google's intolerance for scientific research bodes poorly for America's long-term competitiveness. Heather McDonald, fellow at the Manhattan Institute, uh, which leans kind of conservative libertarian, contributing editor to City Journal, said that uh, da, 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 the conclusions reached were fair. Um Demore, Demore, Damore, how do you pronounce the guy's name? Demore, we'll say. Memo was a reasoned, careful analysis of the emerging knowledge of gender differences, as well as a thoughtful call for a reassessment of Google's monolithic political culture. And yet, like Harvard's former president, Larry Summers, he has lost his job because he dared to challenge the dominant narrative about absolute gender equality in every cognitive competence and emotional orientation. Which I think is, that's a ridiculous. You have to ignore your entire life experience, including the present moment to suggest that there is gender equality in every cognitive competence and emotional orientation. Um, and not on an individual basis, but en masse. Um, da, 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 da. Carrie Lucas, president of the Independent Women's Forum, said in a statement sent, uh, da, da, da. this is another sad example of how afraid too many people in companies, organizations, and even colleges have become of actual discussions of ideas. This employee offered a thoughtful and entirely defensible perspective on a topic that needs honest debate and was sadly punished for it. Uh, the reactions from uh, women leaders and, and CEOs and all goes on. Uh, Penny Nance, who's a president and CEO of an organization, says, uh, I'm surprised that Google fired him because I believe it is illegal. Um... The Supreme Court under Rutan versus Republican Party of Illinois in 1990 specifically said that viewpoint discrimination is illegal for employment purposes. And the other thing is I don't think they're doing women any favors. Yeah, has anybody, has any group come to his uh, backing and decided to sue and uh, put, uh, put the money behind it? I don't know. I I'm don't... surprised some rights group hasn't done that. Yeah, jumping around now, what time is it? We'll go for another minute or so. Um, here's, uh, we'll, we'll call him Al Anonymous because people are so fired up. I'm sending this email from my university email account to show I'm actually a student at, as it happens, California State University at Sacramento. Currently a mechanical engineering student at Sac State about to begin my final year. I have many friends spread across all of the STEM departments, uh, because I've had to take science courses from practically every field. Here's a rough breakdown of the gender diversity at Sac State by STEM majors from my personal observations. Mechanical engineering, 90% male. Civil engineering, probably 80% male. Electrical engineering, 90-plus percent male. Chemistry, 75% female. Biology, 75% female. Physics, about 60% male. Um, uh, mathematics split pretty evenly. You know, that's interesting. I'm, uh, we're fairly well acquainted with a very uh, well-respected veterinarian animal science program at a major university that's almost entirely women. And the right. women all talk about how there's only girls in their class. Is anybody uh, up in arms about the fact that men are being discriminated against? Or is there just some tendency about science or something? I don't know. Or then liking we, animals or whatever. Then we had uh, a piece that uh, four social scientists responded to the Google memo and gave their opinion of its rightness, wrongness, 
uh, et cetera. Though you, I think you'll find those perspectives very interesting as well. We'll do that in a moment or two. You know what we got to get to? I meant to get to this yesterday. The guy who gave us all the rules for passwords that make you insane every day says he was wrong. He admits that it was all crap. He made it up more or less on the spur of the moment. All that, you got to change your password every 90 days that you do at the work. All crap. All, all that stuff's crap. Whoops. Have a capital letter and a one and a this and a, all crap. All that's crap. The guy who made up those rules, it's all crap. It's crap? It is. It's and, crap. And they put in new guidelines, but it's going to take forever for your workplace to catch on. But it's pretty interesting. <laughs> Stay with us, huh? Maddening. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Took down a photograph of our wedding day, ripped it down the middle and threw my half away. And I got nobody to blame but me. A company is raising funds to sell a smart salt shaker called the Smalt, which can dispense salt in any amount via a connected app. The way it works is worse than a regular salt shaker. <laughs> No kidding. Hey, man, can I get some salt? I'm, I just need to find the Wi-Fi. And possibly remember your password. Well, not anymore. They're changing the rules because the old rules were stupid, as almost all of us suspected. Mm. Stay tuned for that story. Mm. It's hilarious. It's hilarious the way things happen. Yeah, it's just crazy. I know. Uh, more on that to come. So the reaction to the firing of the Google engineer who wrote the controversial 10-page memo about Google's intellectual ideological lockstep and their diversity policies, etc., uh, continues. Uh, four scientists have responded in this article, uh, which is getting a lot of attention. Uh, they include, uh, include Lee Jassim, who is a professor of social psychology at Rus- Rutgers University, <clears throat> was a fellow and consulting scholar at the Center for Advanced Study in Behavioral Sciences at Stanford, Serves as chair of the psych department at Rutgers, uh, is uh, won many awards, et cetera, et cetera, <clears throat> as many books. The author of the Google essay on issues relating to diversity gets nearly all of the science and its implications exactly right. Its main points are that one, neither the left nor the right gets diversity completely right, and two, the social science evidence on implicit and explicit bias has been wildly oversold and is far weaker than most people seem to realize. Point three, Google has perhaps unintentionally created an authoritarian atmosphere that has stifled discussion of these issues by stigmatizing anyone who disagrees as a bigot and instituted authoritarian policies of reverse discrimination. Point four, the policies and atmosphere systematically ignore biological, cognitive, educational, and social science research on the nature and source of individual and group differences. I cannot speak to the atmosphere at Google, but one, uh, give that the author gets everything else pretty much right, so I'm confident he is right about that, too. And two, it is a painfully familiar atmosphere, one that is a lot like academia. Um, he goes on to say, you know, he has some uh, some quibbles and some disagreements with some of the points the guy made, but overall, it's a reasoned argument. David P. Schmidt <clears throat> Uh, has uh, co-authored more than 50 peer-reviewed articles and book chapters on personality, uh, sexuality. is the founder and director of the International Sexuality Description Project. It's among the largest ever cross-cultural research teams involving over 200 psychologists from nearly 60 countries around the world whose collaborative studies investigate how culture, personality, and gender combine to influence sexual attitudes and behaviors. Who was pressuring Google to fire the guy? Anybody? Social justice warriors. The yeah, far just, left at Google. Yeah, just kind of the, I think, 
the public outcry, I guess. Mm, yeah. Worried about bad press, maybe trying to get ahead of the curve. They, yeah. I think they're w- way ahead of maybe a non-existent curve. I haven't, right. I haven't heard that much outcry. I've heard outcry over him getting fired. But I haven't. I didn't hear much outcry over the original thing. Yeah, well, it was happening in those circles. You just don't run in those circles. But uh, anyway, this guy whose uh, credentials I just uh, described uh, writes some rather interesting things. Uh, he thinks um, the guy really overstates the differences in sexes in terms of emotional reactions to some of the things he described. He said he does make some good points, but he overstates his evidence. Um, and and by the way, as I I must point out as we go through this. If anyone is is killed or maimed or psychologically harmed, has to be institutionalized in a mental institution because we're daring to ask these questions, we would be happy to take on the burial costs here at the Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, He goes, so he makes a lot of interesting points we don't have the time to make. He's leaning against this guy's arguments um, more than, than for them. But he says there have been and likely will continue to be many socio-structural barriers to women working in technology jobs. These include culturally embedded gender stereotypes, biased socialization practices, in some cultures explicit employment discrimination, and a certain degree of masculinization of technological workplaces. Within this sea of gender bias, should Google use various practices, affirmative action is not just one thing, to especially encourage capable women of joining and enjoying the Google workplace? I vote yes. At the same time, we should be able to openly discuss and be informed by some of the real psychological sex differences that might account for variation in men's and women's workplace performances. Uh, In the right context, I vote yes for that, too. So he thinks it's a perfectly valid discussion to have and an interesting topic. Jeffrey Miller, evolutionary evolutionary psychology professor, University of New Mexico, author of many, many books and and, uh, textbook chapters, etc. Um... He said, for what it's worth, I think that almost all of the Google Memo's empirical claims are scientifically accurate. Moreover, they are stated quite carefully and dispassionately. Its key claims about sex differences are especially well supported by large volumes of research across species, cultures, and history. I know a little bit about sex differences research on the topic of evolution and human sexuality. I've taught for 28 years, written uh, four books, over 100 academic uh, publications, blah, blah, blah. Um... You know, one thing that was accomplished by firing the guy, if you're on that side of the politics of it, is you'll uh, stop probably many or anybody else from ever doing that again. Yes, congratulations, Google. You have silenced any fair discussion of the topic and have proved his main point that only one opinion is acceptable at Google. Congratulations. And probably a lot of workplaces. Uh, at work here, at your workplace, do they make you change your password every 30, 60, or 90 days? That's stupid, they've finally decided, so hopefully that will go away. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.